Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Hi everyone. So we are kind of in the middle of a special mini-series for new coaches. Really, I say for new coaches because I think this is what I wish I had really known in the beginning of my coaching life. And these episodes are also being released right at the beginning of the school year. And so the hope is that they help you to set up the container for coaching, set up the relationship with your clients, whether those are new or returning clients. And I'll just give you a tip. If you are coaching some folks and you're going into this school year, let's say you have been coaching them, you coached them last year, and you're listening to these episodes and you're going into this year thinking, oh, I wish I'd heard these last year. It's okay. It's actually a great opportunity for you to meet with your client and say, hey, listen, I am learning a lot as a coach and I just got some new ideas that I want to try out. And I kind of want to rewind and talk about what coaching is. I wish I'd had this conversation with you a year ago, but I'm still learning. So I want to have it now. And then you can share what I shared with you in episode 175 when I talked about introducing coaching. It is actually really powerful for you to model being a learner and for you to model sort of a do-over. Nothing wrong with that. It shows vulnerability. It shows that you can be a grown-up and be in your practice and still be learning. Okay, so today I am going to be talking to you about how you set goals with a coaching client. This is a question I'm asked a lot. Setting goals is related to how do you hold people accountable when you're a coach and not an evaluator. So that is what we're going to be exploring in this episode. Before we get into it, I do want to shout out a friend of the show, Patrick L. Thank you for supporting this show. It really does mean something. It matters. And if you are listening and you would like to also support us by being a friend of the show, check out the show notes. If you are looking to grow your coaching toolkit, Then I also want to encourage you to look in the show notes and click on the link to learn more about the Art of Coaching Workshop, which is a really powerful learning experience. It's just ideal at the beginning of the school year. I mean, it's good at any time, but if you want to dive a little deeper, check out the Art of Coaching Workshop. Okay, let's get into how to set goals with your coachee. Now, the first thing I want to tell you that is the trickiest part is that you got to get clear on whose decision this is. That's where there can be some unrecognized stickiness. And so this question of how do you set goals, who gets to set the goal, your decision-making, your client's decision-making has to do with the broader context of the coaching program in which you are working. Now, there may or may not actually be much of a defined and articulated coaching program. Maybe you were just hired and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm supposed to just coach. What does that mean? And 
maybe there is kind of a coaching program, but the only information you have about it is that you're supposed to turn in this or that form or report every three months. I'm going to put a link to an episode in the show notes that I did about how to set up a coaching program because it's going to give you a broader framework for what I'm talking about. So what this implies to get concrete is you need to have some conversations with your principal or your supervisor, whoever is sort of managing this program in whatever form it exists. And you need to ask this question, who gets to make decisions about the goals? Are the goals based on a teacher evaluation process or document? Are they completely up to the teacher? Should they be connected to any of the district or school initiatives? Should they be connected to the school's site goals? If the school has some site goals and the school is on the hook with the district or the organization to meet those goals, maybe those are student performance goals or whatever they are, then a teacher's goals for coaching may need to be connected to those. There, I would say, should be alignment between what a school's goals are, what a district's goals are, and what a teacher's goals are, what they're working on. Now, this can be complicated sometimes when we understand that adults need to have input into their learning. They need choice we need choice and we need input. And so in some places, a teacher's goals are left entirely up to the teacher to determine. I am not completely in favor of that. When I have coached in those kinds of contexts, if there are not a whole bunch of other things that are in place and that are really strong, teachers sometimes just, I would say, don't necessarily end up focusing on what matters most to students. And that's not bad necessarily. It's just not in its entirety going to be of benefit to all students. I'm in favor of having a blended approach where a teacher might have two goals in coaching, one of which might be aligned to the school's goals. So let's say the school is focusing on improving outcomes for English learners. That would imply that the teacher would have a goal around ELD strategies. And then a teacher would have a second goal, which is one that they determine or they select. And so, for example, that goal could be something like, my goal is to find more work-life balance, or my goal is to feel like I'm doing a good job more often, or to build my resilience, or to connect more deeply with students. So in that sense, then a teacher could have a goal that is more effective, more subjective, more personal, more relevant to their way of being. But again, coming back to my first point is you got to get clear on who has decision-making power. Does the teacher have input or final decision-making? Does the principal have any final say or do they even need to know? These are questions about the coaching model and the coaching program. 
this is really important for when you have this conversation with your coaches. You need to be super clear. They need to be super clear because otherwise you venture into the territory of fear and danger and accountability, which accountability is important. It's useful. There's nothing wrong with it. And it has been used as a punitive measure to punish teachers, to humiliate teachers. I, I have a little bit of a reaction to the word accountability, like let's hold people accountable. I'm trying to work on that. Okay, let me get more specific. Ideally, a teacher's goals are related to student experience and outcome. Now that relationship can be very direct and immediate, or it can be more distant. So for example, a teacher's ability to manage the challenges of teaching, a teacher's ability to be resilient is very connected with the experience and the outcomes for students. And it's indirect, okay? It's definitely, definitely connected, but it's also a little distant. So it's not that that's not a worthy goal. It's that we want to create goals where we can see the in-between indicators, where we can flesh out the like, okay, if this is true for you, if you're building this skill set, then this is what we're likely to see happening for students. This is really called a theory of action. It's an if-then statement. If I am more resilient, if I develop practices to take care of myself daily, then I will be calmer as a teacher. I won't be as reactive when kids get off task. I won't send as many students to the office because I got really frustrated. And therefore, students will, and you can imagine that. So we want to start tracing those connections. When you have a conversation with your coachee about their goals, this is what you want to start exploring. You want to maybe brainstorm or explore a bunch of different possibilities for goals. And in each of those conversations or each of those strands, Trace the connection between if the teacher makes that growth or improves in that way, what will that mean for students? We want to keep coming back to students. We can talk about both student needs and teacher needs together. It doesn't have to be one or the other. We can talk about student well-being and teacher well-being. They are not exclusive of each other. Another element to bring into this conversation around goal setting is data. And again, specifically, data about student experience and outcomes. And so another way to go about making this decision is saying, okay, let's look at the data that helps us understand how our students are doing. And again, I just want to emphasize over and over and over, not just test scores or academic data, but also data that reflects social and emotional experience of being in school. And if your school doesn't collect that data, that's a place to start. Um, in which case, you also may be bringing in anecdotal data, observational data. So starting with data as a way to backwards plan or to trace back to, so what do the teacher's goals need to be? If our students feel like their teachers don't respect them, don't know them, maybe that is what is revealed on a survey at the end of the year, 
then maybe a teacher's goals revolve around building relationships with students, getting to know them, designing lessons and creating curriculum that is relevant to students. Ideally, we would then be able to collect data throughout the year and at the end of the year that indicates that students' experience has shifted in terms of their relationship with teachers. And therefore, we could bring that into the conversation with teachers about them meeting their goals. There's so much more to say about data and how we use it and how to unpack it. I will say there are some sections in my book, The Art of Coaching, as well as in The Art of Coaching Workbook that are related to setting up goals and to using data that could be helpful for you to um, look at before you have this conversation. And really the question of how you hold people accountable could be, maybe should be a whole other podcast episode, but I'm gonna say a little bit about it now. So you hold them accountable to what they commit to doing, to the goals they commit to, to the data points that they commit to improving on. If you are setting goals, you might likely set a SMART goal. And again, look at the art of coaching, look at the workbook for a definition of what a SMART goal is and how to create a good one. That's what you're bringing people back to. Sometimes I think that when we are talking about holding people accountable, there's almost this like they are held accountable to you and you are this supreme authority figure who is going to punish them. You're not holding them accountable to you. You're holding them accountable to the goals that they set. And so you're bringing them back to those gently. And if they're not meeting them, then you're exploring why and you're unpacking that. And that's a really powerful conversation. Maybe they set the wrong goals. I will say, I think we set the wrong goals a lot of the time, maybe 25% of the time, 30% of the time. I think we set goals that, that we think other people want us to set. Or we set goals that are unrealistic. That's SMART is an acronym and the R stands for realistic. We set unrealistic goals. So a lot of times we have to go back to the goal and revise it or consider what is this, you know, okay, so you're not going to meet this goal. What is this teaching us about you and where you're at and your students and what their needs are? and the process of learning and change. So the process, the purpose of having goals is to have a direction that you're headed, have some clarity to not get distracted, to be able to prioritize. And when we don't make it there, it's a great opportunity for learning. And coaching is about learning. Coaching is a process to facilitate learning. Now, of course, this is as long as the goals are not tied to performance, evaluation, punitive stuff, right? And so I am envisioning and talking about a more pure form of coaching in which evaluation is completely separate, in which we actually, our clients actually enjoy and appreciate this notion of being held accountable because that is being supported to be who we want to be. It's about being supported to reflect on why we are not able to be who we want to be. I'll tell you personally, every year I set goals and 
almost every year, I do not accomplish them. This is the thing that I will be working on maybe for the rest of my life, but maybe not. Maybe next year I will set one goal. I always set too many goals. I always think I can do more than I'm able to do. And what happens then is I struggle to prioritize and I get stretched and I get overwhelmed and exhausted. I've got to give myself more credit. I will say every year I am getting a little bit better with this and I set fewer goals or I revise them earlier. So I'm not beating myself up for not meeting my goals. I'm looking at them as a learning opportunity. And it's one that just really surfaces the kind of deep stuff that I have about being super productive and attaching my worth and my value to my level of productivity. Okay, that was a little divergence into me and my process. What I'm trying to say is approach this whole goal setting accountability thing from a holistic, kind, loving, curious stance, and it will help your client learn and grow. It will help you. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. If you found this helpful, would you share it with a friend? I know I ask you this every week. It's just a reminder. Maybe this week you're like, ooh, I know someone who might benefit from hearing this. Send it to them. Thank you, Leslie Bickford, for producing this podcast. And thank you, Stacey Goodman, for doing the sound engineering. Take care, everyone. I'll see you next week. 